Good morning, everybody. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, it's good to have everyone, and we welcome you. Uh, we're, it's good to have our guests today, especially. Uh, we're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel a part of our family as we worship the Lord together this morning. Mike, this is really hot. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. It's still ringing up here. Thank you very much. We're glad that everyone is here today. Let me call to your attention just a few announcements that we have this morning. First of all, let me remind you of our attendance sheets uh, that are on, on each aisle in the clipboard there. Uh, I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out. As fully as you feel comfortable doing, we need your name and address and email address, especially if you would like to have our uh, email newsletter every week that comes out every Thursday, uh, tells about the happenings here at the church. Uh, we need your email address for that, and we would love to be able to get in, in touch with you and keep you abreast of things that are going on here at church. Uh, so if you could do that, pass it down one aisle and then back down again. There may be somebody on your road that you don't uh, recognize and don't know, and by passing it back down, you'll, you'll see their name and be able to introduce yourself by name after worship service. Also, uh, many of you were here this morning. What? <laughs> many of you were here this morning. We had a uh, prayer breakfast uh, for our Upward. This begins our 100 days of prayer uh, for Upward basketball and cheerleading. Uh, that will take us through the season beginning today. We, and our goal is to have 100 people praying every day for a hundred days. And we, uh, we got some commitments today to pray. Uh, if you have not committed uh, to pray, then please see Christine after the worship service, and she will give you a commitment card and a, a list of specific things to pray for. This is a very important ministry of our church, and it, it requires a lot of effort, and it, it requires a lot of prayer, to be frank uh, with you. And so I hope that you will uh, put your hearts to praying about our Upward program. Um, also, this afternoon, our children will be having a field trip. Uh, they will be uh, having lunch here. They're going to be have tacos here. And then they're going to be going to ice skating at Swanders. And the cost of that is $7 for the ice skating. Uh, one other thing I'd like to call to your attention, uh, something that's coming up in, a, in two or three weeks, I guess about three weeks now, no, about two weeks, um, we're going to be starting a new sermon series. It's called God in the Workplace. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some exciting things that are happening with that. Uh, things like we're going to be talking about uh, uh, how we can how we can pray, how we can how we can be Christians in the workplace. We're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people how to handle the money that we make in our workplace, things like this. So uh, please put that on your calendar. We will be starting on the last Sunday of August on Labor Day weekend. That's why I want to start it about work on Labor Day weekend, and we're going to continue it through the month of September. So I hope you can be here for all of those, uh, those services. We like to have a moment of greeting one another, and so let me invite you, if you would, to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, and let's just greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Let us pray together. Oh God, we do love to sing your praises because you are the creator of all the universe. You are the master of all that is. You you set the stars in the sky and the earth below our feet. And yet you have loved your creatures so much that you would send your son Jesus to live and die and be raised again for our sakes. What a demonstration of love. Allow us, O God, to demonstrate that same kind of love in our own lives. You have called us to be Christ-like in our lives. And while we confess that that is a daunting task, through your spirit we can do more than we ever imagined. Bless us with your presence today, O God. Give us your spirit. Fill our hearts with your love and your power, because you are our Lord. Amen. I did something for the first time in my life this year. Have you ever done something for the first time? The first time in my life I've got my Christmas shopping done. In my life in July. I'm through. Finished. Done. You got yours done? Do you have yours done? Okay. I know y'all are all envious adults, so sorry about that, but it's done. I did it with one purchase right here. I'm going to show you. So it's hard to find a gift that you can give everybody, but I was a little creative this year, and we did it. We got one gift for the whole family. And I'm going to show you this gift and tell you a little story about this, and then I'm going to talk to you about some some other stuff too. And then I have a gift for you. So this particular gift that I'm giving this year means a whole lot. It... um, it's actually, well, I'll just show you, okay? A friend of mine painted this. I'll hold it up so the adults can see it. This is heirlooms of my grandmother's. And this is a gift uh, that I'm giving to them. And Chris Thomas, uh, an artist here in Henderson, painted this. He spent probably 40 hours on this painting. It's a long time. It looks like a photograph, doesn't it? It's really, really, he's really good, and he's self-taught. God blessed him with lots of talent, like you all. So this particular painting is of um, elements of my grandmother. My grandmother's 94, and this will be my mother's gift of the original, and everybody will get a print of this in my family. So 
I didn't really bring this to you just to talk to you about that, but, you know, God gives us lots of gifts all the time. He gives us talents. He gives us the gift of time. And he gives us the gift of a church family like this that supports us. But he asks us to do some things in return, too. And one of those is to get along with each other and to not have to be by ourselves. If you'll notice today, we've got a bowling ball and some bowling pins up here. What's that all about? Is this gonna, are we gonna turn this into a bowling alley in about 15 minutes? We might. <laughs> we may be rolling some balls from one end to the other. I don't know. But Dr. Tim's sermon is God does not want us to bowl alone. I don't really know exactly what he's going to talk to us about, but I think I could paraphrase it a little bit and say, God doesn't want us to be alone, to be alone. Think about being alone at at the play yard at school. Would that be any fun? Would it be alone to go home? Would it be fun to go home at night alone and not have a family there? Not at all. Even though your brothers, I'm sure, get on your nerves from time to time. But it would not be any fun to be alone. Your brother was a little bit unconscious. Okay, well, you'll have, you'll have to pray for God to give you strength to deal with your brother, okay? <laughs> um, that's really what I wanted to talk to you about today is God does not want us to go through life alone. We're here with, blessed with all these people in a church family and in our own family. And just remember that the next time somebody's really getting on your nerves, okay? And yes, what is this right here, Jerry? That's your gift today. Come up and get some. Come here. Come here and get it. Come on. You can have one. Everybody can have one. Actually, everybody can have two and give one to a friend. How about that? You cannot eat both of them yourself and don't eat them until after church. Two. Thank you. Oh, you didn't, you want to get, okay, get another one. There you go. Did you get another one? You didn't get any? You got one. There you go. You want two more? How about you're welcome. There you go. Here, give, give two away. Eat one. There you go. Okay, we'll give two away. Thank you.
pray with me. Amazing God, we give you thanks today for the refreshment of our souls, the refreshment in the weather that you have given us in August, the refreshment of friends who are family and family who are friends, the refreshment of your word through spoken and through music. So many blessings, some we can touch and hold, some we cannot. We ask that you grant us the strength and courage that you gave Joshua to use these gifts to reflect your love and grace into the world. Bless these gifts, multiply them as you did the loaves and fish and then give us courage to use them in your world. For we pray this in our brother's name, Jesus the Christ. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, 
chapter 18, beginning with verse 15. If a brother or a sister sins against you, go and point out that fault when the two of you are alone. If that person listens to you, you have regained that person. But if that person refuses to listen, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person still refuses to listen, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let that person be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by God in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. May God bless the reading and the hearing of God's word. Back in 1997, the following letter appeared in newspapers all throughout our land. It read like this. Dear Ann Ann Landers, you recently printed a sweet how we met story. The woman said at the end of World War II, she sat behind a soldier in church. He knew all the lyrics to the songs, so she figured he couldn't be all bad. Later, she learned he was a doctor. Three months later, she slipped on an icy walk and injured her arm. That same doctor insisted she stay in the infirmary, and he visited her her twice a day. When she was discharged, he asked her to, to go to the movies with him to celebrate. They subsequently married in the same chapel where they had first met. The letter reads on and says and goes like this. Here's how the story would go if it happened today. Dear Anne, last week I attended church and noticed that the soldier sitting behind me knew all the words to every song. I figured anyone who knew those lyrics was probably a member of the religious rite. I bumped into him a month later. After cussing him out and telling him to watch where he was going, I learned that he was a doctor. Three months later, I slipped on an icy walk and injured my arm. After suing the property owner for all I could get, the same doctor treated me and insisted that I stay in the infirmary. He made twice daily visits to see how I was doing, which made me very suspicious. I complained to his supervisor and filed a sexual harassment suit. I was discharged in January, and the doctor asked if I would like to see a movie to celebrate. I told the police he was a stalker and applied for a restraining order. When the doctor asked me to marry him, I called the FBI. They searched his apartment to make sure there were no shrines built to me and no bodies hidden under the floorboards. I married the guy anyway because, after all, doctors earn six-figure incomes. Signed, tuned in, and turned on in La Jolla, California. Now, that letter may be a little bit extreme, but you know something? It does point to something very tragic that has happened in our society. And that something has to do with our human relationships. Have you noticed that we are less trusting and more suspicious and more fearful of opening ourselves up to others? Some of us don't have any truly close friends in our lives. Many people are isolated and alone. We don't even know our neighbors like around us like we used to in days gone by. Robert Putnam wrote a book which he he titled Bowling Alone. Thus, we have the bowling ball and the bowling pins here. And he he took his title from the fact that, that while more people than ever are bowling these days, fewer are doing it in leagues. There has been a steady decline of civic involvement, neighborhood relationships, and participation in volunteer and religious organizations. 
Putnam found that the level of community here in America is at its lowest point in all of our lifetimes. Therapist Will Miller also wrote a book which he titled Refrigerator Rights. And in this book, he says that we need people around us who have what he calls refrigerator rights. This is someone who can come into our home at any time and feel comfortable enough there to go into our refrigerator and make a sandwich without asking our permission. Miller argues that too many Americans suffer mentally and emotionally because they don't have enough relationships like that. I think he's probably right. Studies show that our society is suffering from a lack of involvement with other people. And not only is our society suffering, but so are we as individuals. Sometime back, a team headed by a a Harvard social scientist tracked the lives of 7,000 people over nine years. And here's what they discovered. People with the fewest personal relationships were three times more likely to die than those who had strong relational connections. Three times. In fact, people, even people with bad health habits like smoking or poor eating habits or obesity or alcohol abuse, but those who had strong social ties, even those with those poor habits lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. In other words, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than broccoli alone. In the words of the old Barbara Streisand song, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. And the point of all this is that relationships are important. My friends, you need to believe that or you cannot appreciate Jesus's words for today. Relationships matter. In fact, in the long run, the only thing that really does matter in our lives is our relationships. Because, folks, when life is over, Everything that we have in this world will disappear and decay. Only one thing will remain, and that is our relationships. That we need our relationships to be strong, and we want our relationships to last. Now listen to Jesus' words again. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and show his or her fault just between the two of you. If that person listens to you, you have won that person over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat that person as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I think the mo- uh, this is a, a most interesting teaching of Jesus here. And I want you to notice how it begins. If a brother or sister sins against you. Now, this does not mean your brother or sister in a literal sense, though it could, because family relationships are certainly not immune to strain or even estrangement. I was watching the Olympics just the other day, and they were talking about one of the beach volleyball um, athletes there who used to be teamed up with his brother. But they would get so angry with one, one another, they would yell and scream at each other on the court that their coach forbid them to say a word to one another through any match. And so they wouldn't say a word. Even between the matches, when they were sitting there, they would just sit and one would look in that direction and the other would, would look in that direction. Never say a word. Since then, they have dissolved the, their team and neither one of them has spoken to the other since the Barcelona Olympics eight years ago. It happens, doesn't it? Someone says something catty 
Someone takes apprised possessions from mom's estate without asking. Someone borrows money and never pays it back. The reasons are many and varied, but we all know families where relationships have been splintered and torn. But Jesus isn't talking about our brothers or our sisters by blood. What he is talking about is our brothers and sisters within the church community. The early church was like a family. After all, many of these people had left everything they had, including their families, to go and to follow Jesus. And of course, we know that church families can be broken and and filled with strife, just like normal families. But I believe that Jesus would have us to interpret brothers or sisters in this passage as anyone with whom we have a strong personal relationship. If your brother or sister sins against you, says Jesus, go, go, go to that person. Reconcile. If someone you care about hurts you, Make an attempt to heal that relationship as quickly as possible, even if you are not at fault. You know, we we often try to make kingdom living into something that's very difficult and full of piety and holiness. But but when it gets right down to it, a lot of it's just plain practical, isn't it? This teaching of Jesus certainly is. Wouldn't it be great if everyone who was estranged from a brother or a sister or a friend or a co-worker or a spouse would pick up the telephone and make an appointment and sit down with that person to iron out their difficulties? That would be a great world if we lived in such a world. And that's what Jesus teaches us to do. But you know something? This is a difficult teaching of our Lord. If you don't believe that, then you've never been hurt by anyone in your life. Feelings of betrayal, anger, hurt, bitterness, resentment. These things can sometimes overwhelm us. And and some of you have been there, haven't you? And after a while, it may even become a matter of pride. It is said that Gilbert and Sullivan were like that. They were two of the greatest names of musical theater. Their musicals have thrilled millions of people throughout the years. But for years, they were estranged from one another. They still collaborated to make these wonderful musics, uh, musicals. Uh, Gilbert would send Sullivan the lyrics of the songs that they were working on by mail. And, and Sullivan would turn around and send Gilbert the music by mail. But when they had an opening night, they would stand on opposite ends of the stage so that they would never have to even look at each other. And they would come forward and bow facing forward so that they wouldn't have to look each, each other in the face. The problem that was that they had a falling out over the purchase of a new carpet in one of their theaters. And they never settled their dispute. It happens. And the sad thing is that the closer the relationship is, often the more intense the anger and the resentment and the bitterness is. And it's very, very, very difficult to take that first step. Yet Jesus tells us that this is precisely what we need to do. It doesn't really matter who is at fault. All that matters is the relationship. And that is particularly true in families. (coughs) Ray Bowman and his wife Sally tried hard to raise their children right. They loved and encouraged them taught them solid values. and But there was one son, David, their youngest son, who nearly broke their hearts. David began using drugs at an early age. Eventually, he dropped out of high school, and before long, he was living on the streets. Ray dreamed that one day, like the prodigal son, David would come home, and they would welcome him home with open arms. But it didn't happen. David stayed on the streets. Drugs ruled his life. 
Then one day, Ray felt God calling him to go to his son, David, and to apologize to him for the resentment that he had of David's behavior. Now, this was tough, of course, but Ray swallowed his pride and he went to his son and he asked for forgiveness. David accepted his apology with grace. And and, and somehow this was the nudge that David needed. Just a few weeks later, David accepted Christ into his life and he left his drug addiction. And today he's a happily married man with with a fine family and a responsible job. Now, some fathers would have a hard time doing something like that. But in Ray's case, it worked. And if a relationship is really important to you, Jesus says that sooner or later we need to swallow our pride and take that first step. If your brother or sister sins against you, says Jesus, go and show that person where they have hurt you. Reconcile with that person. Just between the two of you. But listen to what he says next. If he listens to you, you have won that person over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along with you. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. In other words, there may come a time... When you have to end a relationship. I have to be very careful here because some relationships are sacred and I don't want anyone to think that I am advocating an easy severance of a marriage relationship or anything like that. I am not. But of course, not even every marriage is made in heaven, is it? Barbara Brown Taylor tells a story about a woman who was already dying from cancer and when her husband suddenly dropped dead of a heart attack. At the funeral home, people were trying to comfort her by reminding her that it would not be long until she and her husband would be together again. And, and later, when this woman and Reverend Taylor were alone, the woman with tears running down her face looked at Barbara and said, I'm never going to get away from him, am I? <laughs> That story will either make you laugh or make you cry, but the fact is that not every relationship can be healed. Particularly in the case of abuse, not every relation can be healed, nor should it be healed. You may have a friend who brings out the worst in you, who tears you down, who who makes you question your self-worth, and that is a relationship that needs to be severed, even though... It may break your heart to do so. Pastor Richard Stetler tells about a friend who had a daughter who was off the charts with her behavior. She was the personification of rebellion against all authority figures. Her parents were continually taking off work to, to intercede with her teachers or her neighbors or the police. Her parents would set curfews that were routinely violated. She ran with the wrong crowd. Some nights she didn't even come home until the next day. She would steal money from their home. She would shoplift in the stores. Her parents were becoming exhausted trying to deal with her. And finally she moved in with an older companion, thrilled to be out from under the vigilant eye of her mom and her dad. And the mother told Pastor Settler, You can always remove the child from your family, but you can never remove her from your heart. Whatever she's looking for, she said, I hope she finds it. We've done everything that we know to show her our love and our support and our guidance. But right now, she just can't see beyond her need to express her independence through defiance. It's not an uncommon occurrence. We love Jesus' story of the prodigal son, but the prodigal has to want to come home. And sometimes, sometimes, unfortunately, that never happens. Relationships matter. And if you have a relationship that has been broken and can be healed, you need to take that first step to try to do that. 
Do everything in your power to heal that strained relationship. But also realize that not every relationship can be healed. And at such a time as that, we need to turn to our primary relationship, which is our relationship with God. My friends, we were created to be in community. That's one reason I love the name of our church. We are Community Baptist Church. We were created to be in community with one another. From the the very time that God gave the Ten Commandments, it was God's effort to establish a people centering their lives on God and on one another. In the New Testament, the church was established to be a community that loves God and loves one another. Sharing our lives together, working together, eating together, celebrating together, and helping one another get through the hard times. And so if a relationship that is important to us cannot be healed, we need to reach out to our friends, particularly our friends at church. But the most important place that we need to turn to is to God. We may need to pray for God to heal our relationship. And we may need to pray for God to to heal us if that relationship cannot be healed. To help us to accept the inevitable and to to keep us from bitterness and resentment. But even more, we need to pray that this experience of a broken relationship will draw us even closer to God. For it is from our relationship with God, not with another human being, that we draw our strength and our identity as a human being and as a Christian. So, my friends, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And inasmuch as it is up to you, let there be peace in your relationships with others. But if that is not possible, then may God give you the strength to endure and to love in spite of hard times. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of commitments, number 570. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ for the first time. And we invite you to do that. There may be someone here today who is looking for a church to be a part of, to join. And we invite you to come and unite with our fellowship today as we seek to be the people of Christ in this community. Or there may be someone here today who just needs some prayer. There may be some strained relationship in your life right now that you're going through, either with a family member or a friend or a co-worker or, or a neighbor or whatever. That's kind of getting to you. It's getting you down. Maybe you just need to, somebody to help you help lift that burden from your soul, shoulders. Maybe you just need a little prayer. We're here to pray for one another. We are here to lift one another up. We are here to be community with one another. Because that's what God has called us to do. If God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing together 570. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. Would you come?
Let us pray together. As we go from here, may we do so in the knowledge that you are with us, O God, in good times and in bad. Give us strength and you give us the ability to love even when we don't think we can. So go with us in power and in peace. Amen.